Citizen Reporter number 385th of June 2011 on the road in Georgia. How even the greatest minds, like Aristotle, uh, had trouble challenging the assumptions of the world around them. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. All right, hello everyone. Uh, Bicycle Mark here in Tbilisi, Georgia, uh, for the first time ever in my life and on the podcast. And we're recording from an iPhone, so if you notice a quality issue, well, it's an experiment. And I'm joined tonight uh, by Mark, who's actually not me, but another Mark, uh, who also does a podcast based here in uh, in Georgia. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. On, on the internet, you go by your full name, Mark Mullen. Uh, yes, Mark Mullen. The uh, the podcast I do is specifically about Georgia. It's uh, once a week. What's been happening in uh, in Georgia? It's tblpod dot com. If anyone's interested. So I only discovered it today because you tweeted that. I should come find you, uh, because you noticed I was in Georgia, the magic of Twitter. And I've come to find out and learn, because uh, I'm here at your house now, and I've come to learn that you've been here since uh, 97, in fact. Um, and uh, the more I talk to you, the more I realize that you're not alone. There are other uh, international people who have settled here in, in Georgia. And I, and I say that only because sometimes you walk the streets, and I haven't walked them enough yet, but you get the feeling that you're the only foreigner but then, underneath it all, actually, there's lots of foreigners in this country, even if they're from a country near nearby. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, Tbilisi's traditionally a pretty ethnically mixed place. I mean, you know, at the turn of the century, I mean, there were, you know, supposedly more Armenians here than Georgians and, you know, Rus- Russians and Kurds and Iranians and, you know, Yezids and Isors and, all you know, all sorts of... Um, people then, uh, you know, gradually it's it's sort of Georgianized, and then after independence, um, when I moved here, there were really very few people from outside of the Soviet Union. Unfortunately, in sort of ninety ninety one, under there was a year of a president who was a bit of a nationalist, and a lot of uh, a lot of Russians uh, left, and uh, and. And other other groups, um, but it, since since around ninety eight, ninety nine, um, you know, gradually uh, internationals, Europeans, um, Americans, especially and Brits, Germans, Swedes have have moved here. There's a lot of there's there are no international newspapers that keep people here, but it's a pretty good launching spot to cover sort of stories in the area. Yeah, um, there's a lot of business people. Um, you know, what, what was the original reason that you came here? Just traveling? Um, I no, I got a, I worked for an organization called the National Democratic Institute, which is an NGO um, that did sort of democratic development. And uh, I came to run the run the office here, and we were doing projects with Parliament and 
you know, voter education, civic education, election monitoring, that kind of uh, stuff, political party development, um, and did that. Ended up running that office for um, seven years until what's called the Rose Revolution um, in uh, in two thousand and three, when there was a change uh, change in government. Hmm. And and did you think I'm I want to spend many more years here or? Well, along the way, I I got married, and um, I you know gradually I think most of those NGO jobs will last you know two three years, and one of the things that I noticed was uh, that um, after about four years, Georgians would sort of come up to me, sort of acquaintances, and say, uh, you know, so you're still here, yeah, <laughs> and and it was it, it, you know it was kind of. It was sort of their way of sort of, and I'd say, yeah, you know, I got married, and I, you know, I got a house, and I, I'm not going anywhere, and uh, and you know, and they say, well, you know, well, we should get together sometime, and you know, they they were kind of, you know, they deal, and it's understandable. I mean, people deal with visitors one way, and then with you know people who sort of put down some roots in another, and I I I liked the way I was dealt with. You know, after four years or so, better. You know that you have you you know you know more about the place. You understand things. You're you know you're connected. You're more enfranchised, and it's it's you know you build social capital, and it's it's nice. Yeah, you've said tonight that you um, although people from outside may think, oh Georgia, that's that's some faraway place, isolated, and so on. You've said that you actually feel quite in the middle of things. I want to talk a little bit about that, the things that we're in the middle of here, for especially for people who don't have a good concept of this place, don't really, can't see it on the map, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know what it is. Like, I think part of it is the Soviet Union. Part of it is, uh, for most uh, Western Europeans and, and Americans, uh, you know, after the, uh, you know, the, the Black Sea, their kind of geographical knowledge just kind of, I don't know, it's all sort of over there, you know, yeah. there be dragons. Um, uh, but, you know, you have uh, the, 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 the Russia and sort of the Middle, Middle East and, and, and Muslim world, um, you know, to the north and, and south, which are, are two, some, many would argue, sort of destabilizing factors in the world. And um, to the uh, to the west and east, you have Europe and Asia, and sort of right in the middle of it, you have uh, you have Georgia. And I mean, it feels like you know, in in any direction you go, you're in somewhere quite different. I mean, you fly a few hours north, you're in Moscow. You fly, you know, you could uh, trying to organize. I'm trying to organize flights, charter flights from Baghdad, which is only an hour an hour flight away. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, couple, I came via Munich. That was only three hours. Right. You know, Munich is three hours, and then there's not a lot of flights uh, east of here. But uh, you know, you're in you're in Central Asia if you go you know two to uh, you know two three hours, and so it's and and yet Georgia is is quite different from all of those places. I mean, it's not. I mean, one one of the things that I like about the place is that I, you know, when I for instance when I I lived in Africa. You know, you say you live in Malawi, and and uh, you know, and everybody says, you know, they have visual images to go along with that. You know, sort of women yeah. wearing colorful skirts and carrying firewood or water, and the sort of those kind of flat trees on top, and and it really does kind of look like that. You know, so they sort of think, okay, I I, I know that I can place you there. Whereas here, um, nobody knows what Georgia looks like. You know. Yeah, I have I have a few news images in my head of like 
the president speaking you know on the news a few years ago during some of the conflicts that we'll talk about i have a few scuffles, images of, of police uh, against <laughs> yeah, protesters. Yeah, sadly, they, there seem to be a lot of those. Well, it's interesting, uh, you know, how the, I mean, the most recent one of those those demonstrations was just, I guess, 10, 10 days ago. And it has now become such that those, um, the, the purpose of the demonstration, I mean, they, you know, a lot of the, the uh, there was you know one article in the Telegraph that said anti-government demonstrations move you know to Georgia you know as if somehow this is a part of the Arab Spring or something like that and that was there was a the, the group that did it were not really they were not a political party and they're not democratic they don't they don't participate in elections um, they completely reject the, the the current the legitimacy of the current government. Um, they have almost no public support. But the purpose of, of creating the demonstrations was to create photographs and videos mm-hmm. that for one or two days would be able to sandwich Georgia in between Yemen and Libya, you know, on CNN mm-hmm. and BBC, which worked. I mean, they, you know, they did that for, and, you know, it, it, it all blew over kind of quickly. But, you know, I had lots of people emailing saying, oh, are you okay? You know, and it was... Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing. I mean, the whole thing took I don't know twenty twenty minutes. Now there were some you know some people that were that were injured. A couple of people got run over actually by these the people who started the demonstrations. Cars as they fled quickly. But um, I mean, it was you know it was bad. But I mean, it was you know it was absolutely nothing like you know Yemen or Syria or, or any of those uh, any of those places. I wanted to ask you something. Uh, so I came in today, so it's still very early for me to give impressions of the country, but. Uh, just on the drive-in, I see gently rolling green hills, and, and it's quiet, it's a weekend. I see a lot of, actually a lot of beauty. Uh, and I also see police, or at least one police officer every few blocks just standing around. It almost looks like he gets, it's always he, gets dropped off and stands on a corner. I mean, is this because maybe it was the airport road? But I, I notice it even in the city, there's there's... Apparently, a whole lot of people have jobs as police officers, at least in this city. Um, what is that? What, what is um, well, I'm not sure. First of all, there's different types. There's real police, of which I don't think there's that many more here than anywhere else. Then there's also these sort of security guards that some of them are private security guards that wear a sort of quasi-military police uniform. Some of them are these are actually a sort of part of the interior ministry, but they're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of like guys that stand in front of the door that don't really do very much. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really feel a particularly heavy police presence. I think it's perhaps because Sharon Stone um, arrived here very early this morning for the opening of this new movie that's come out. Andy Garcia gets here tonight, and I don't know, I think they're maybe worried about crowds or something like that. They weren't doing anything. Huh? These guys yeah. are just, they, I just noticed them on the way in, and you, you may be right, they're not police, they have they have a baton, and they're just standing there, but I felt sorry for them, actually, like, when do they get picked up, and they have to be out here all day. And yeah, there's not normally, I mean, on the airport road or on, on the main main street here that that, uh, that we walk down today, There's there's you don't normally see mm. police. Uh, I think there, but there's been a lot of press about Sharon Stone. <laughs> I, okay. I, I think that might, I think that might be it. I don't know. And so we also have the. Um, I mean, there's so many things to talk about with the country, but I want to go to the the conflicts that made. Is that a dog? 
So we're 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 sitting on a on a, a balcony overlooking the street, and we're many floors up. But those dogs sounded like they were right next to us. Yes, there's uh, there are three of them that are the neighbors' dogs that tend to argue quite often. Actually, one of these, but when I, when I just a, a, several months ago, one of the dogs belongs to a neighbor that I saw for the first time walking around with a plastic bag when he was walking his dog, oh. you know, to, to like pick up after the dog. And I, I just, I, I almost fell to my knees. I thought, "There's hope, you know. What a, what a, what a development. I mean, that's yeah. not normally the case here. You know, you often there are a lot of people have dogs, and I was just very impressed by that. So." Looks like they've, they've calmed down, but so not too far away from here are the regions. I gotta get this right. There's Abkhazia, uh-huh. uh huh, and there's Ossetia and which, South Ossetia. Yeah. yeah. And now I always think of Ossetia as a place in Russia, but it's not. Right. So, um, you know, when you start the timeline for these areas is obviously you know depends on the politics, um, but uh, you know there have been. Abkhaz and Georgians both in Abkhazia for centuries. Um, you know, more recently, you know, Abkhazia was about half Abkhaz when, uh, you know, say at the, at the turn of the century, although the Russian czars moved a lot of them to Turkey. Um, but there were significant settlements during the Soviet period. By 1990. Uh, two, there was there was a war between the Georgians and the Abkhaz. Georgia was winning the war. It was a, a pretty pretty rough war. A lot of terrible things happened. Then Russia came in, helped the Abkhaz, and about two hundred and fifty thousand ethnic Georgians were moved out of Abkhazia. Um, many of them walked out over a mountain mountain pass, and a lot of a lot of people's grandparents didn't didn't make the trip. And there's a lot of bad feelings on on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so those refugees, you know, came into or, or IDPs um, came into uh, came into Georgia and have you know have, have stayed. Some of them with fond memories of home. Some of them have, have moved on. South Ossetia, um, was, Abkhazia was set up as an independent sort of an aut- autonomous republic within the Republic of Georgia. Oh. Um, so, you know, it was almost kind of a confederated setup, and Abkhaz language was sort of an official language there or whatever. Now, there's North Ossetia, famous most recently for Beslan, where there was this terrible, uh, you know, school, mess and school. And then um, is connected to South Ossetia, but South Ossetia is within Georgia. All of these were set up in the 1920s by Stalin, who ran the ethnic policy of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the communist government. It's sort of a mechanism by which Russia could enter Georgia if it needed to, um, you know, saying we're going to be we're, we're going to be helping out this. You we're know, keep the group peace. Or we, we need to keep the peace or some ethnic conflict, or whatever. I mean, now the Ossetians and the Abkhaz had sided with the Bolsheviks a little bit more than the Georgians did. The Georgians, Georgia was the last republic to fall, and the Georgians didn't didn't hit it off with the Bolsheviks so well, even though Stalin himself was Georgian. Um, and the, those villages in South Ossetia, I mean, it was a largely Georgian area. There were many Ossetians all over the place. And there are many Ossetians. There are more Ossetians in Georgia outside of South Ossetia than there are inside South Ossetia. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody knows lots of Ossetians, you know, around many in Tbilisi and other parts of the country. Um, and the Ossetians normally spoke Georgian. The Abkhaz never spoke Georgian. And most of the Georgians in Abkhazia didn't speak Georgian particularly well. They tended to speak Russian. Um, so, 
ethnic wars and you know and and this and that. Now, in what was happening was Georgia. Um, a, there was sort of flare-ups between Georgians and, and the South Ossetians in both Abkhazia and South Ossetia. The Russians, the Russian army, were the peacekeepers, although they were actually sort of on the Abkhaz and Ossetian side. And there would be flare-ups every summer um, along the border areas and in the villages. In two thousand and eight, um, you know, there's a lot written about who started what. I, you know, we were here at the time, and in fact, it really seemed like there was a lot of shelling of the Georgian villages in South Ossetia by people who seemed to know what they were doing mm-hmm. um, more than normally happened, and um, the Georgians uh, responded to that, and that was sort of announced to the world on, on August eighth. Um, and uh, you know, and the and the and the Kremlin said that the Georgians had attacked um, South Ossetia, which doesn't really make very much sense. It's sort of like saying the British have attacked Wales. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, about twenty thousand people, Georgians left. A lot of villages were torched, and there was fighting. And you know, the Russian army made quick work of the, of the Georgian army, and um, and they declared independence. And Russia recognized. I mean, they'd already declared independence, but I, th- I think. But you know, Russia recognized them, and then fairly soon afterwards, Venezuela and, and Nicaragua, and eventually they prevailed on a small Pacific island, Nuaru or Nauru or something, to uh, to, to go along with that. Hmm. Um, Just to get enough recognition. From I, yeah, that's the idea. That you know, that eventually they'll they'll become. I mean, you know, in the Abkhaz, I, you know, I think. You know, Abkhazia is an incredibly beautiful area, and I think that a lot of the Abkhaz are, you know, a lot of Russian tourists are going down there now. There's, you know, the the 19, I mean, the 2014 Winter Olympics are supposed to be held in Sochi, Sochi right, right. and they're talking about building a lot of stuff there. But, you know, I, I think that the the Abkhaz are a little nervous about the warm embrace of, uh, of Russia now, all the building that's going on, the military and the tourists and this and that, you know, lots of picking up dachas and yeah. summer houses. I mean, South Ossetia is really a, a place designed for smuggling. It's one tunnel going into Russia and then, you know, 600 roads disappearing into Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I don't, and it's really, it's kind of, I don't know, there's, I mean, I, there are plenty of Ossetians that live there, I think maybe 20,000 or something like that, but the government is really run by the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. I, I ask about this only because these are, two regions that I have noticed in the news over the years, and, and you know, become curious about them when I'm here. But are these two situations, these two, uh, yeah, uh, are they important for, for daily life here in Georgia? Are they still concerns of the average people, or is it sort of... Well, you know, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think if you ask people, they'd say, yes, absolutely, we think about it every day. I mean, <laughs> you know, because they have to. It's not that far away. It's not, well, yeah. South Ossetia especially is quite close to Tbilisi, you know. But I mean, I, you know, in reality, I, you know, Abkhazia. I think you know, every, a lot of people spent their summer holidays there when they were kids, you know. But you know, no Georgians. The, the Abkhaz will not allow any Georgians there. The Abkhaz will not allow any Abkhaz to come visit Tbilisi, and it's you know they're pretty aggressive about that. And no, so no Georgians have been there in twenty years. I mean, and so I think they they. You know, they lost the wars and are angry about that. But, you know, you don't, in reality, I don't think people spend a whole lot of time, a lot of time thinking about it. 
South Ossetia is particularly uh, frustrating, I think, just because it's close to Tbilisi and because in some ways it's sort of less fair. I mean, I think there's a case where, the, you know, nobody, there were not substantial substantial arguments with the Ossetians, you know. Hmm. There were, you know, there were fights in the 80s between Abkhaz and Georgians that would come up for summer holidays, you know, whereas Ossetia is really much more sort of manufactured. Plus, in 2008, all these refugees that came, I mean, my kid's kindergarten was filled with, you know, with refugees and couldn't couldn't start in September and mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's ethnic cleansing that took place really recently. I mean, it really was ethnic cleansing. I mean, they'd go into a village and everybody leaves now and you know march them out and and uh, and 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 that's been recognized and they won't allow European observers in there. And I mean, it's 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 ethnic cleansing that's kind of working, you know, which is which is really just very very frustrating for uh, you know for Georgians. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, day-to-day life in Tbilisi, I mean, you don't, it's not, you know, there's not this sort of loud martial, you know, whatever, there's not, it doesn't feel militarized, okay. I mean, it's not, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, I was curious as I looked around as well for that, and I, yeah, I also don't feel any sort of militarized sort yeah, of really. government or anything like that. Not so much. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so th- these, I mean, one of the topics that I know is going to come back as, as I go on in my week here is definitely this... It's not the Cold War anymore, but there is this conflict that I think a lot of the world doesn't think about anymore, and that is the relationship, or lack thereof, between Russia and Georgia, and that it seems to drive so much here. I mean, we were walking around and I noticed an old street sign that still had Russian on it, and I thought, okay, uh, yeah, and, but you told me any new signs wouldn't have Russian on it. Yeah, uh, new, the new signs have English and Georgia. Well, I mean, this, this government... Particularly, um, you know, has Our terrible <laughs> has has you know does wants to be in the West. It sees itself as European, and they're part of the oh, okay. European of American, yeah. you know, whatever. Culturally, this is Europe, um, and I, you know, and I really believe that. I mean, I think Georgia is. It, it's it's a you know, it's a part of the sort of I don't know what you'd call it, but the sort of Western, you know. Euro-Atlantic outlook or something. Um, now, I, I really believe that Russia is a is a dangerous force in the world, but mm. I think particularly for Americans, what happened was, you know, we sort of decided that the problem was communism. Right. And then communism was over. So it's okay. And so now everything's fine, right? You know, but... I think Europe is, you know, knew before the October Revolution and has sort of understood since that, in fact, Russia is a problem. Now, you know, being magnanimous Americans and, you know, living, you know, in relative geographic isolation, you know, we don't like to think of countries as problems. Oh, we're talking but, about governments and the types of governments. I mean, right. Really, yeah. But but Russia, you know, has a has a really very serious imperial worldview. I mean, they don't distinguish the, the the current Kremlin and I don't see it changing anytime soon does not distinguish between fear and and respect um, and so you know it's not that the world is so preoccupied with Georgia and Russia's problems it's that it, at least in my view Russia is a problem for the world for Europe um, and for um, you know for for 
everyone who values stability, mm-hmm. um, and Georgia is just where the battle is being fought to you know to some degree. You know, the, the Russia refers to Georgia as part of its near abroad. You know, meaning we ought to be able to control this place, and the Georgians they don't want to be controlled. They want to be able to do whatever they want to be sort able to a, do. Sort of a post-colonial, yeah. where the the post-colonial phase is still well. We're still kind of yeah. we should be. Your it's not opponent. so post. Yeah, okay. Like, it's not post at all. Over <laughs> right? it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and I think that's very difficult for for Georgia. And so the 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 Russian response to that is to promote instability in Georgia. And they do that through a number of different means. Um, you know, there'll be some, you know, generals that'll send in some guy with some bomb or something like that that usually mm-hmm. gets caught, or you know, they'll yeah. send a plane over and bomb a field, you know, up in the mountains somewhere, and you know, maybe hit some shepherd or whatever else, you know, just to sort of be mean. They through South Ossetia and Abkhazia, you know, because of the the unclear status, and you know, there are many who say that, frankly, that. The Georgians were doing such successful PR in South Ossetia in terms of build, you know, handing out some cash, building some clinics and you know movie theaters and this and that that you know. And I had even talked to South Ossetians in South Ossetia, you know, before the 2008 war, who were sort of saying, "Look, we know we're going to end up with Georgia at some point. Just kind of keep it calm, and you know, we we know where we're eventually going to be. Let's just you know, we're in a delicate situation now." And I think that you know, and the Russians were sending a lot of money over. But it was all disappearing. It would go, you know, to to the capital, Skinvali, and then end up, you know, fairly immediately in Cyprus or, you know, the British Virgin Islands. And so I, I think they, they just, their goal in this region has been to destabilize. And the riots of 10 days ago is exactly that. I mean, these politicians are, are very closely connected to the Kremlin. And, I mean, they, the Interior Ministry knows that, and they've got all these taped conversations, you know, related to that. And, you know, the, and when the demonstrations happen, and the they, you know, the the guys were handed these sort of plastic sticks, and the the police said, "Can you please go now?" And, and stuff like that. And then they got attacked, and it was, you know, and of course some of the police got ticked off, and you know, we got all those pictures. Immediately, the Russian media, like if you look at how the Russian media portrayed this, mm. it was with such glee. Yeah. You know, that, well, I'm sure yeah, there. Are, I mean, right. it's uh, just a principle of how the world works, or uh, is that there are also Georgian politicians who benefit from this as well, right? I mean, they you build a following by uh, the conflict. I'm saying benefits the the could benefit Georgian politicians who make you mean a career this particular on it. you mean ten days ago yeah not really so much I mean these these politicians are really not um, they're really not popular and those the sort of the hard opposition hmm. um, you know that completely rejects this government now there are plenty of people that don't like this government I mean it's about 50 50 I mean the approval ratings of the presidents are around I think 70 percent or something like that the approving r- approval rating of the ruling party is about 50 percent but okay that's half the population that do not like the party in power um, and uh, you know but there's sort of a uh, you know the, I- anyone who boycotts elections and is really r- completely rejects the government and there are some groupings that do that mm-hmm. are very unpopular, mm-hmm. and creating conflict like this in these riots does not do them any favors. I mean, she she's her her political career, as she called it, mm-hmm. is completely over now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would I, I don't think that that's true. I mean, there's not there's there's not it, this it was not domestic. What what this thing that happened here it was in order to portray 
Georgia internationally to get it in the news for a day or two and, and to you know to portray the, the president and the ruling party as, as unpopular. I'm going to do one more question today, even though, of course, uh, if giving a proper introduction of this uh, this country would be would involve culture, would involve a lot of other aspects than what we've done here tonight. But uh, I wanted to ask, uh, I look at a lot of countries, the ones that are on top of the world in terms of economics and the ones that are at the bottom, and I often question uh, for my own country, one of them, Portugal, I say, what do we do here that the world seems to want? You know, Because sometimes uh, I see countries where uh, the world sort of ignores them. But Georgia, I mean, uh, what is it that Georgia does, or it can be economic, uh, that, the, that the world, uh, what keeps them going? What is the, the, the major industry? Or, or? Um, I think the, the major in- industry in the Soviet Union is likely to be the major industry in the future here, which is tourism. Huh? Um, it was the tourist destination, um, part of, partly because of Abkhazia, but but also you know Tbilisi and the Black Sea coast. Batumi on the on the Black Sea coast is a beautiful town, and lots and lots of Iranian Azeri tourists there. Mm-hmm. Georgia's just has declared a few months ago visa free travel um, from Iran. There are a lot of Iranian <laughs> families you know that come visit. I mean, they can't go too many places and. Very interesting. I've met a lot of you know a, a lot of them, and they're you know really excited to come here. Yeah. Um, they just declared visa free travel for Iraq too, and so um, you know the, the places in the neighborhood that it's difficult, and you know they're you know the poor Iraqi middle class, you know that just like want a trip and go somewhere nice, and I don't know buy some huh. popcorn and sit around. You know, they, I didn't think you were going to say this first that tourism was the, in fact the biggest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they had. I mean, the number of tourists here was unbelievable in the Soviet period, and even now, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, that's a, it's a big, big part of the uh, big part. Of it. Um, I would say the second thing is is food. There's a lot of high value crops here. Wine. I was Georgia, looking down from the plane about agriculture. I for sure. Quite tell. Yeah. Georgia invented wine. Um, far and away the oldest viticulture in the world. And there are allegedly more variety of grapes in Georgia than the rest of the world combined. I mean, there, I've never been a place where wine is so much a part of the sort of culture here. And so, um, and also lots of sort of, uh, you know, fruits and, um, I mean, there's very, very good food here. Georgian food is is, uh, is fantastic. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the tourists that come here will do, I don't know what you'd call it, sort of ecotourism, sort of homestays. There's lots of, you know, just going into a village and hanging out for a while. I mean, there's there's a lot of, it's hmm. a, you know, it's not necessarily just sort of traditional tourism. But there's there really is quite a, quite a, bit, of, uh, quite a bit of tourism here. Hmm. Um, and then I guess the third and last thing that I can think of is the government is really quite libertarian in its attitude, and there's you know quite a simplified tax code and customs and this and that. And so, for example, Georgia's largest export is uh, cars. Um, I notice adverts for for the car industry on the way in. Well, that has to do with the fact that they have very very efficient car import export. So a lot of cars, even in Kazakhstan, but especially in Armenia and Azerbaijan, everybody comes here to buy because it's there's the you know the the, the government has successfully conquered corruption and of the police force. So you don't you know you don't get stopped the way you do in some other countries by the police and this and that. And you can you know if you're an Azeri citizen, you can come in and sort of one-stop shop, buy a car, deal with the licensing, banking transaction, and you know head out. Hmm. You can actually buy a car cheaper, faster, and more efficiently here than you could in Azerbaijan, Armenia, or, or, or places in Central Asia. So, um, 
you know, so they're they're looking at that kind of trans shipment, transport kind of uh, you know kind of uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, interesting. Right. Well, that's the uh, the start of my week here in, in Georgia. All and uh, right. Mark, I'm glad you you reached out to me um, and that you could do a podcast. And I'll put a link to your podcast in my show notes, and people can go check it out and hear. Uh, better quality information, uh, <laughs> more specific too, about things happening in this country. I looked down the list I was telling you of topics that you've been working on, and you really do cover it all. Um, uh, well, it's just you know what's happened during the during the week. We try and provide some context, but a lot of our listeners know what's going on here pretty well. So sometimes we're a little play a little fast and loose with a lot of the insider stories. Right. Well, I'm I'm only starting on the podcast, so I will check it out. But uh, thanks a lot for taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you.